Round one. Fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry gamers. Hello, hello, hello! And welcome, boys and girls, to the 283rd episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We're powered by APIT.net and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica, who have a nice, fancy new website, by the way. Go check that out, ASAP. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, my podcast right or die, the Kelly Maxwell. to my Ash Williams. You can find her on them socials, at Miss Ellie Hart. Miss Ellie Hart, how bloody are you? Doing all right. I won't be making out with any vampires anytime soon. I can tell you that. Got That's fair. That's rancid fair. Garlic Wouldn't judge breath. if you did. Oh, it's the garlic <laughs> breath. They're, they're, they, they won't go anywhere near it. It's delicious food. Delicious food, but it's got the worst aftertaste. Not the worst aftertaste, but it's just, it's deadly for anyone that hasn't been partaking in the consumption of garlic. <laughs> Have you over the years, like, there is that stigma when you have a very garlicky dish, obviously, that you're going to permeate um, the, the smell of garlic. Have you, like, been on a date or at a social gathering over the years and there's a dish that's sort of heavily utilizing garlic and you haven't got it out of fear of just smelling like Ooh. that garlic person? Now, my favorite pizza is a cheesy garlic pizza. <laughs> So I'm gonna say no, you have not. <laughs> if you're gonna take me to an establishment that makes it, there's a really good chance that you're not gonna to want to be that close to me afterwards. Because screw fair. you, I'm eating it. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever once like shied away from a meal due to the the smell or the potential mess factor. Because it's like I just want to eat things I like to eat that are tasty. I don't care if I'm stanking afterwards. Yeah, stank is fine. It's more like food that gives you like bloat. Like yeah. bloaty foods are the things where you're like, mm. Mm. beers do that too, especially on the pints. Oh, beers just make me yeah. sleepy. That too, actually. Yeah, sleepy and bloaty, oh. both at the same time. My favorite Sounds Pokemon. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> They're uh, going to be in, like in Gen 25 down the line when they get they get low and it just goes into some adult offshoot and there's just a yeah, drunk sleepy Snorlax. and bloaty. <laughs> oh, no. Hopefully, uh, there's no like handsy Pokemon like Mr. Mime. You find out just a predator. But anyway, oh, what it is. That, uh, that took a turn. It really did. <laughs> let's uh, let's get things back on track and talk about more smut. Like Master Chief losing his virginity in the television series this past week on episode eight. Boy, howdy! Yeah, given to that warthog. If you know what I'm saying. Oh no. Um. <laughs> I love like how much like so many people have been saying how much they don't enjoy the show or why the hell am I still watching it? And there's a small group of people who are like, no, it's fine, I'm watching it. And then these little like bangers of information. The the only thing that I have learnt about this show so far is he took his helmet off within the first episode. He mm-hmm. showed his ass, and yep. that he like you know made snoo snoo. So like. <laughs> This is all I know about this show. No one has told me anything about story. No one has told me anything about anything else. So, sounding like a real like Game of Thrones. I was going to take the easy layup and say, oh, there is some heavy references to a ring. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you already mentioned the, the, you know, seeing of the buttocks and things like that. So, uh, there, there is a broader story and um, some stakes at play in the background outside of, uh, yeah, Master Chief... Uh, becoming becoming a man in in some facets last episode but it's fine it's passable science fiction and it does a decent job in respecting the source material to a degree obviously yeah there's no helmetless master chief naked master chief well there might be in some porn offshoots but like in the games none of that so that's all different but I think they really need to do it. They had to humanize this character to sort of be relatable and care on the screen, and it's fine. And you know what? I was I was rooting for the guy. And so was he. Uh, you know, yeah, he, he was he had a good crack too. It was uh, you know, it was a sight to behold. But anyway, um, yeah, I just wanted to shout that out. That wasn't really part of the uh, part of the agenda. I just wanted to to make reference to that because yeah, the internet is up in arms about should he or should he have not been able to do these <laughs> things because. 
Yeah, old uh, old old Johnny, old uh, Spartan, Mister One One Seven, should not be doing these things for those Halo purists. But you know what? Each their own, right? Exactly. And let's just hope, Master Chief, he took the helmet off, but when the time came, he put a helmet on. Boom! And that's the end of the episode, listeners. Thanks for stopping on by. <laughs> We've peaked. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, I figure we sort of pivot and talk about maybe some things we've been playing. Surprise, surprise! Uh, Destiny has swiftly replaced, been replaced on this show by Fortnite. <laughs> like, to be fair, when I write what I've been playing on the agenda, I write dot 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 just Fortnite. Like, like even like a do I even mention it? <laughs> it's like you're right. It is like the new Destiny. But you did get another solo. Victory Royale. I did, and just like Master Chief, I rode my wog on that person's body. It was uh, it was <laughs> great. I'm feeling good, feeling a good vibe on my like solo runs. Like I'm hitting like at least top five consistency. Um, even, but I hate the number twos. The number twos, second place. I just, oh, it, mm. oh, it's so frustrating. But yeah. Yeah, it's so good. close yet so far, exactly. but uh, it's it's just fun and it's accessible and it is pop culture overload in the best way. Like it's it's, it's the same things we've been regurgitating the last few weeks, but it's it's just a good time. My, and it's free. My so favorite thing on. this past week was us playing last night and me doing the little train emote. Was it last night? The train emote and where anyone can join the train in the lobby and you said oh we've got some more people and we've got carnage and a yeti and i'm like only in this game does that make sense it gets out of control um i i had the the biggest self-controlled uh train last night playing playing with with steve and timmy uh in the late hours and we had about nine people on the train cruising around and it was like and same as like you like when you're the conductor you can't sort of reposition the camera to see who's who's behind so I was just getting live commentary from the boys as far as, oh, yep, now Ariana Grande's joined. Oh, John Wick's part of the train now. And it was just, you know, we were taking up half the island, but it's, uh, it's a good time. It's a good time. It and, um, it's just a good time sink and it's fun and it's rewarding. It's very stressful sometimes if it's a hot drop, but outside Boy. of that, yeah, minimal complaints. Yeah. It's just good. It's, I, I, I'm, although I say it's the only thing I've been playing, I don't play it a lot. I probably like load in for like an hour. And then, like, if I get a win, I'm like, cool, that's enough that I need and turn it off or, like, you know, play a few matches and that's about it. But I think I like, like, how accessible that is to me and that I can just, like, play a few games and then just turn it off and mm-hmm. get what I need. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's ideal. You can fit it into whatever little segment of time you have Exactly, available. yeah. And sometimes you just need that. Exactly. And, and maybe sometimes when you're not feeling Fortnite, you want something a little bit different, a little bit more darker in tone and mature you could check out evil dead the game which i also had a little dabble on this past week uh thanks to those legends over at five star games here in australia for for slinging me a code on the old xbox and i've got to say as a uh fan of evil dead and ash williams bruce campbell however you want to know this legend of the screen uh it is really really good like i'm not a big um you know, Dead by Daylight fan. I haven't really sort of dove too much into that. I've, I've seen streams and I like that there's all this broader horror connectivity going on where they're bringing all these stalwarts from big franchises in as characters. Cool. But um, <clears throat> this game is super duper fun. You've got the the same sort of formula that you explore in something like a Dead by... Like Lazy Comp, I'm just going to use it because it's the easiest thing and probably the biggest game that's comparable for for listeners. Mm. And so you've got two options. Uh, If you're playing as one of the survivors, you need to collect um, a series of map pieces and then a page from the Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead, Mm -hmm. and a Kandarian dagger. And then from there, you've got to go to where the, the Dark Ones or the, you know, the evil entities have been spawning and you use the dagger to banish them with the book. And then on the other side, uh, once you've sort of sealed that book, it's happy times, you know, you've, you've won that round. But on the other side of the of the fence, you can actually play as the Kandarian demon to sort of stop these survivors from succeeding. And what you can do there is sort of send in various waves of enemies uh, of certain sort of caliber and difficulty to, to try and thwart these four survivors. Mm-hmm. So there's this cool cat and mouse, depending on the side you want to play, but it's sort of 
encapsulates the, the the sort of the tone of the Evil Dead films and obviously Ash vs. Evil Dead, the TV series, which is fantastic for anyone who hasn't watched it, where there is some scary moments and horror elements, but it also then gets sort of layered in with that comedic timing mm-hmm. and those little witty lines and those zingers. So there's times when you're like, oh, shit, like I'm going to die or I'm trying to kill somebody and then they'll throw up, like, you know, they'll blow you up with a shotgun or whatever and then there'll be just a, a traditional Ash Williams line that gets thrown back at you. And so there's these moments where the heart rate's going but you're still having a chuckle or a laugh yeah. or a, you know, audible shout or a scream because it is scary and funny. And I'm surprised at how good this game looks. Like, that's not a disrespectful thing, but I thought, you know what, like Evil Dead... It's great. It's It's been this indie darling that's blown up, obviously, um, over the decades and has become a cult classic. Yeah. But the game itself is gorgeous and the environments are stunning. And even though it is sort of very foggy and, uh, you know, horror tropey in that regard where yeah. it's very dimly lit, the, the world itself looks really, really great. Like, they use light really well and seeing sort of some of the ray tracing and things where it's just popping in and, and the flashlight beams, you know, breaking through the through the fog, really, really cool as you're investigating and trying to find these pages. And it's just super, super fun. And then, yeah, you get a dead-eye jump at you trying <laughs> to chainsaw it. Like, it's, it's super, super fun. And I'm excited to play with people. Like, obviously, you can play co-op and it's cross-platform, which is also yeah. awesome. So... PlayStation can play with Xbox, can play with PC and vice versa. But I played it like just with the AI. So I had AI teammates and then the the AI um, demon. But the the awareness of those AI characters was pretty good. Like I didn't oh, find good. myself without just sort of standing there scratching around or wasn't too easy or too difficult. It was a good balance, but I'm looking forward to going back and playing with some with some companions, hopefully maybe you might jump in. The game isn't full price either. It's like Australian, I think it's like forty bucks or so, give oh, or take. That might be so only it's, like a roughly twenty maybe here. Yeah. So it's so it's a respectable price tag. It's it sort of unfolds and retells the story of the original movies and some of the, the Ash vs. Evil Dead T V series throughout these missions and storylines. So you're getting a lot of immersion for anyone that's watched the the source content they'll they'll feel familiar but anyone that hasn't i think the way it unpacks it through these missions you'll you'll understand the story and and appreciate this this broader world Mm. and it's just super gory and visceral and fun and as an evil dead fan and as a raimi fan we'll talk more about raimi in a second i think this game is really really well done and could be like one of the sleeper hits of 2022 if it gets a you know enough press and and people like enough people invest in the game because i think they're going to be really really impressed with what's available like there's there's a ton of survivors or a ton of characters to play there's um you know rewarding of those characters where they've got four separate classes so depending on how you want to play they'll play differently as you level them up and use them more they they open up other abilities which will then change your play style you know that those those standard sort of uh tropes and and mechanics that are in these styles of survival games but it's just super fun and as an Evil Dead Tragic, it hits all the right notes. And, uh, yeah, I could not be happier with this game so far, Miss Hart. Yeah, it looks fun. i got to be honest. Like, I just decided to watch it. I noticed that it was quite the popular thing for people to play on Twitch today. So I thought I'd have a look in and see how everyone's playthroughs were going. And it looked like people having a genuine fun time. It seems like when you play as a team, that teamwork is pretty important. Like, seems like there's a lot of, uh, like, wave kind of attacks that you kind of go through. Um and uh, it seems like if someone's playing the big bad, there's a lot of wonderful scary triggers that they can do and one just being a screen jump scare. Um, and witnessing people just having to deal with that was quite hilarious. <laughs> just literally jumping out of their seat. I, I think that'll add like such a crazy layer on top if you were playing with like four other people mm-hmm. where someone was playing the demon and then you guys were playing the survivors knowing that those jump scares and those things that are coming at you are controlled by your by friend as opposed to the AI that I was experiencing. I, I only got a jump scare once or twice during mine, but I think that's something, yeah, you could certainly spam to, to get the heart rate going in totally. your friends or your competitors, that's for sure. Yeah, and um, like you, I was actually genuinely impressed with how polished and clean the game looked and the overall design and the atmosphere of the game is pretty spot on. Um, there were a few enemies that they kind of... Um, I saw people uh, attacking and I was really impressed with the design and like there would 
it didn't appear to be any stuttering, no people were experiencing any lag and the attack seemed pretty straightforward. So um, it seems like they've actually, you know, brought out a really good gamer here that anyone of the horror franchise or maybe just maybe any kind of gamer that likes to, you know, run through as a group and just have a common mission or someone who likes to play the <laughs> the asshole and like torture people. Yeah. That's There's it. a role for everyone. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see how that connectivity goes with crossplay and then also the the communication that comes off the back of that like it's it's you know things we've talked been talking about the last month or so, you know, Borderlands uh with with Tiny Tina was a bit hurdy-gurdy with um cross-platform connectivity and mm-hmm. lag and rubber banding and the comms where Fortnite smooth as butter. Yeah. Hopefully Evil Dead falls into that Fortnite realm as well. But um yeah, I'm excited. Like Saber Interactive, who sort of head this thing up, they've done a lot of, uh, you know, they, they're most recently responsible for the remaster with Crisis. Uh, you know, they've done things like 2K Battlegrounds. They did some stuff um, like working with Xbox in partnership with Halo and things like that. So, you know, they're well adversed and you can see the quality on display there uh, with Saber, but it's it's super fun. And there's not many things more rewarding in a video game than, than slicing up a deadite with a chainsaw that is your hand or your arm. Like, uh, you know, it's it's all about the simple pleasures and uh, being able to do that as one of the various iterations of Ash Williams in the game was fantastic. And uh, yeah, can't wait to play more with, uh, with some friends and foes over the coming week because this <laughs> is just going to be a good party-based game that you can roll out together. And uh, yeah, the fact that they've tied this in with cross-platform is such a smart choice too. I think it's going to ensure that longevity with the game, most definitely. Hmm. Yeah. Outside of that, I'm going to quickly just rattle off, to no one's surprise, been watching a lot of anime. I'm not going to deep dive on so any of them. i surprised how much you can watch. Yeah, yeah. I um, My personality type, I am uh, all in and just uh, hungry and consuming everything whenever I can. And I've been on a bit of a uh, slices life or, or like romance binge this past week so i've worked through lover's war i'm working through love after world domination which is fantastic picture like power rangers but with a love story thrown in there Mm. it's adorable and quirky and great i'm also working through science fell in love so i tried to prove it and also uh shikamore is not just a cutie so i'm uh yeah well well deep in the uh the romancey slices life anime subset and i couldn't be happier but something else that I couldn't be happier about. And I think you too, uh, as we've sort of touched on as we w- both watched this last weekend and connecting Sam Raimi back into the piece, uh, we went and watched Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And boy, howdy, it's a podcast, but I am fist bumping right now. It was a hell of a time and I adored that two-ish hour runtime from start to finish. Yeah, well... My experience was good. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I actually, <laughs> hooray for Marvel movies! You got one. Um, <laughs> um, I I was pleasantly surprised about this um, this movie and actually how much I enjoyed it. There was a lot of things in there that I really really loved. Kind of wished, kind of wished he could have pushed a bit harder on it. Um, maybe beat the rating, maybe up the rating a little bit so he could get a little bit more crazy in there. But there was just some cool scenes and um yeah i i really enjoyed it i was um like i'm right there with you like obviously here in australia we got the m rating here so it's pg so that's recommended yeah. for yeah because because what america's pg and then it goes to ma or whatever the ma equivalent is over there like there's there's no m there because we've got obviously g yeah, pg m, M-A-R. i'm trying to think what i've seen because i feel like i feel like it's either an PG thirteen or it's a it's an R. I think that's sort of where it treads. There might be another one over there, but there might obviously be we've one got in five. <clears throat> yeah, we've got the five ratings here in the AU, and they certainly got every every sort of ounce out of that M rating before it potentially jumped up. Like I'm with you. I wish they sort of lent into more of the horror and a bit more gory, but then maybe the rating gets bumped and obviously Marvel are there to try and make movies for in air quotes, everybody. Mm-hmm. So they want to make this accessible for 
people young and old. But some of the horror in this <laughs> movie, like a- I was in there watching it and there was kids in this movie that yeah. were under like 10 years old <laughs> like a row and they were shitting their little pants yes. and rightfully so. Yeah, like the, <laughs> that movie's going to mess up some kids. Um, there was some really great like spooky scenes. There was something that really reminded me of The Ring, the one scary yes. movie that actually messed with me um like there was a scene that was very reminiscent of that and i was like I, like I, I got excited i thought it was cool but i'm like as things continued on i'm like this is gonna mess up some kids this is gonna be some kids first nightmares like this is wild <laughs> that that scene and that whole sequence that led up to that and then follows on it's wild phenomenal yeah and that's where they really started you started to say okay yep Sam Raimi here is going to be Sam Raimi in the whole time. Like it started a little bit reserved and then it just went into all kinds of crazy, zany, kooky, freaky, all that formula that, that anyone that's watched anything that Raimi's touched over the years uh, will be very familiar with. But the, the leads, like the performances, fantastically done. For the most part, the CGI and the special effects were brilliant. There was a few times where you noticed like, oh, like mm, that yeah. looks a little, a little a hit and miss. A little rough. Yeah, but overall, it was a feast for the senses. Like, seeing them sort of plow through the multiverse in Mm -hmm. certain scenes and they were just transitioning from multiverse to multiverse in quick succession. Like, those little moments were sick. And seeing all these other crazy worlds and the references, like, we're not spoiling anything here. This is all shown, like, in the many trailers that are out there. But it's really, really good. It's divisive because it is very unlike... 95% 95% of the Marvel Universe, you'd say, even like of, of stuff that wasn't tied to the mainline stuff. Like, I'm trying to think of other stuff tied to Marvel that's on this level of weirdness and kookiness or like scariness. Like, obviously, we've got the Blade movies, totally different theme, but still some horror. Yeah, but you're, you're, you mean struggling. within that bubble, right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, or even just the broader Marvel lens. Sort of Blade and. Blade, Blade, Blade. <laughs> Like unless we're gonna go back to the oh 80s, no, so like does the that Punisher. mean the Blade movie is going to be like this? That's that's my concern, like that it's gonna be an M. They need to fully lean into the horror of Blade and go like full balls to the wall, vampire slayer extravaganza. But oh, we'll see. No, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Oh, that's depressing. Um, <laughs> this movie is not. This movie's great. It is great. I loved it. It is great. A lot of people have, you know, strong opinions. It seems like you you either loved it or you didn't enjoy it. Um, but people had their opinions about it, which is fine. Um, but for me, it was, like, I'm one of the worst people when it comes to enjoyment of the Marvel films. I'm a person that genuinely just does not enjoy the Avenger films. So um, I find them all pretty, um, yeah. So th- this one's up there. That <laughs> This one's up there with um, my favorite, like, Marvel movies. So... Um, it's great. It's so metal at times. I love it. Oh, yeah. And we're very spoiled because obviously the the next big Marvel film that's, that's going to be rolling out the gate we get is the next Thor movie as well, which oh, yeah. is going to be similarly like different different themes, but like similarly balls to the wall and zany and unique with, with Taika and co avail, uh, you know, attached to that. So that's going to be fun too. So we're going to have, I think, two really great Marvel films back to back there. But yeah, I loved Multiverse of Madness. I hope this allows us to get more maybe Raimi love here and he does more things down the line. I yeah. don't know how. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sad about it if, if we get more of that because I've always adored his shooting style and, and the way he makes makes films or, or TV. And it was nice to see him return to form after you know the last thing he attached himself to in the Marvel world was uh, you know Spider-Man 3 and that whole... Uh, venom situation there so it's nice to see him get a bit of a reprieve yeah but it's really good go watch it there is some people that despise it one of my friends uh she cannot stand she hates evil dead she hates sam raimi and she watched this and she hated this movie which broke my heart a little bit but i think this is very 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 special and i adored the yeah two hours and six minutes or whatever it was this is some yeah, I can't. I can't say anything. I can't say why it's good because it's a spoiler. So, but there, it, there was just some really intense, cool scenes. I don't know. Maybe some people just want their Marvel movies to be all cheesy, fluff, and fun, and all that sort of business. But 
this 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 got dark at times and I liked it. Hundred percent. And like some of the cameos that like I'm not saying anything more than that or gonna be trying clever and like pseudo reference things without but like some of the cameos in there I was like yes this is awesome and they were there for a reason I wasn't just there for a cheap pop which was cool Mm -hmm. but yeah it's compared to some of the other Marvel stuff which sort of I guess stays more on rails this thing is anything but and that's why I think it's it's a special film as well and um yeah loved it and shout out to old uh Benedict Cumberbatch and Elizabeth Olsen they were uh fantastic in in the lead roles for this and uh yeah I, I can't wait to see more of this hopefully got my fingers crossed that uh this isn't the last uh dip into the the multiverse of madness or you know future Doctor Strange shenanigans with uh Sam Raimi attached and I apologize I don't know her name um but uh America Chavez um that that character that actress she did a great job too she was very lovable she really did yeah i uh her, her first name it's very unique um i can't remember off the top of my head but it i remember begin- seeing it yeah. in the credits it's, and i'm like i'm not even sure how you pronounce it it's like but she was so, phenomenal so, yeah something gomez so apologies for not you know getting the name right but i did want to give her the accolades because she did great it's it's pretty intense to kind of be introduced into the comic universe and all the wonderful people out there that want to be nasty about characters and all that sort of stuff but i adored her i thought she was great she held her own yeah yeah no totally agree and uh yeah check it out if you haven't and you're on the fence at the very least you're going to enjoy it. Like, like Jono loved this movie. Everyone else, just about bar one person so far, has loved this movie that I've spoken to about it. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's so kooky and quirky and different and funny and scary. And all the things that we adore in this movie with that sort of Raimi seasoning sprinkled over the top. And, uh, yeah, give me more of that. And, uh, yeah, shout out to Pizza Poppy. That's all I'm going to say. But, uh, Anything else you watched or, or played this week, or should we start just rocking and rolling through the uh, the main meat and potatoes of episode two eighty three? Let's get to the news. All right, let's do it. This week's news headlines, and the first bit of news uh, we've got a lot of uh, little breakaway nuggety news here. We could say, what is it? One, two, three, four. News it's, nuggets. It's not a six pack. It's a five pack of nuggets. Someone oh, ate someone the first stole one. one. Yeah, bastards. Hopefully, you dipped it in some sweet and sour sauce. But anyway, uh, this pasta. Uh, 48 hours, give or take. You know, we're recording here on the 14th of May, about 10 a.m. right now. Or the 13th. Uh, Netflix in the 13th, yes, for, for those in the, in, the uh, in the Northern Hemisphere. Always the one. But us in the Southern, it's Saturday. The weekend is fine. It's overcast. Perfect gaming weather. Anyway, uh, Netflix has dropped two trailers for the upcoming Resident Evil television show, which looks to throw us into the future of the horror series universe as we're transported to New Raccoon City. The swift one-minute trailers introduces us to Resi regular Albert Wesker, played here by Lance Reddick, who now has two daughters, Billy, who's played by Sina Agudong, and Jade, who's played by Tamara Smart. Things start very utopian with the introduction of New Raccoon City in the present day, where citizens do yoga in the streets and drink from bottles stamped with the umbrella uh, with the umbrella logo. Obviously, then cuts forward chaos in shoes you get more of that resident evil flavor and insanity and horror and zombies and all that kind of stuff but this it doesn't feel very resident evil and i'm not very sad about that like oh okay i i like that this is going in a different direction obviously that with the the casting choice with lance reddick as albert wesker that's obviously the biggest one but lance reddick is a saint, I adore him. He's a hell of a talent on screen and off screen and on voice work and everything else he does. It's just magical. So I'm excited to see this sort of reimagining of Resident Evil in a way. Like we do see some things in the trailers. We get some some scenes there with liquors and zombies and stuff. So there is some of those um, touchstones from, from the games, but what they're kind of doing here, it feels a little different and they're sort of stepping away from the usual stuff they've been rolling out on the screen the last several decades. So I'm excited. I'm all. I'm very interested. It's obviously coming out the week before my birthday, so I'm very happy about that. But <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's see. This looks different, and I'm in. Yeah, like, I, like I liked some of the Resident Evil movies, like the old ones that everyone hates. They have their cheese factor that I enjoy. But apart from that, my attachment to the Resident Evil franchise isn't that strong. Um, in saying that, looking at this trailer, it looks cool. I get 
somewhat Resident Evil vibes from it. Maybe it's because I just see the Umbrella logo and I'm like, yes, Resident Evil. I get it. <laughs> um, but I am seeing like, I'm seeing people like you that are pretty open-minded to it, looking looking forward to seeing like more and seeing where it goes. But um, there is a strong consensus out there of people who are saying that they just made a Resident Evil like you know, they yeah, and just like sorry, they made a zombie movie and they just mm-hmm. stamped it with Resident Evil and called it a day. So you know, it, there's some nasty comments on those trailer videos. <laughs> I could tell you that. Um, but if if if, they, if it's done well, I'm gonna ignore how much of it's true to the Resident Evil franchise. If it's done well, it's done well. Exactly, exactly, and that's the thing. Like, there's no there's no fault in disconnecting the the game or the source material with the the new iteration or interpretation of it like yeah there'll be some some nods and some homage like we made fun about halo off the jump there yeah. and, you know there is it is still halo at its core but it's doing something different and i think that's what this is going to be so i'm like you know what i'm i'm interested like the welcome to raccoon city movie that came out at the back end of last year yeah it was not the best not going to lie it was better than the that's paul w s anderson films with mila jovovich by a substantial margin, depending on which movie we're talking about there. One or two. Yeah. The the first one, loved. The subsequent, what, six or seven that came after that? Oh, yeah. The later you know. ones are a bit rough. But I, I liked, like, the first two, she says mm. with no confidence. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The first one especially was was pretty good. But um, the, the best screen adaptations they've done with Resident Evil has been the animated stuff. And most of that's available on Netflix, which is great. They're, they're worth a check. But... I'm I'm holding, well, I'm reserving judgment on this for now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with, with our boy Lance there at the helm, I feel at least the performances are going to be respectable, but we'll see where they where they take this, this universe and this whole new Raccoon City thing. So, uh, yeah, we don't have to wait too long. Uh, just about two months' time, it'll be hitting the Netflix screens. Yeah. Will it be a happy birthday or a sad birthday? Yeah. But um, it's tough. Like I guess the good thing too, what we do in the Shadow Season Four comes out that same week as well. Yeah. So could be a palate cleanser. Yeah, I've got some good things that'll that'll see me through as I uh, celebrate another another year on this earth. But uh, the next bit of news, a uh, little 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 scary shaped breadcrumb here. The brand new Dead Space remake officially has a release date. With EA announcing during a stream this past week that the updated version of the beloved survival horror game will be out on January twenty seventh. Of 2023 so you know seven months time we're going to be rolling around as isaac clark and be absolutely terrified with every single step forward you take in those derelict spacecrafts and all those nightmare fueled creatures coming at you i can't wait for this but i have a feeling this is going to be one of the most scary games like that we'll be talking about for years to come like it is going to be very unnerving and freaky and it's just going to be a tough time to push through. I, I look forward to it because I think we're going to see, uh, like, uh, people have already been kind of doing, like, playthroughs of it, but I think, um, you know, closer to release we'll probably see a resurgence of maybe new fandom um, replaying, like, you know, it, it, the classic, classic versions of it. But, um, yeah, I, I space horror, it's the worst. It's like it scares the bejesus out of me. I didn't get far in this damn game. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm Are you going to go bad. back in January? You're no, going to give it a spin? Because now it's going to even look better. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to separate myself from that. So I think I will just sit back and watch other people play and laugh at them for jumping. It's going to be scary as hell. I'm excited, but I know I'm going to feel very uneasy from when that game starts to when it ends and probably after it ends because it's going to then be haunting my dreams for a while. But uh, mm. very keen to see what they've done with it. Uh, another another sort of uh, tie into the the broader horror video game universe. Fans have been waiting a very long time for Alan Wake 2. And yes, it is finally happening. Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer to hear about the game's development from Remedy. In an Alan Wake anniversary update from Remedy this past week, creative director Sam Lake revealed that the studio will be keeping Alan Wake 2 updates under wraps indefinitely. And there won't even be an update this summer. So we're talking, obviously, US summer, Australian winter. We're talking about video game showcase season. Mm -hmm. We've got Summer Game Fest coming up next month. 
So don't expect to see anything to do with Alan Wake 2. We have seen a couple of stills uh, from the game engine circulating around, showing some of the, the world at play. Looked very foreboding, very dark and dimly lit and a bit freaky. But outside of that, we're not getting any you know slice of gameplay or any further updates. So yeah. will this come out in 2023 or 2024? One of those, I assume so. But yeah, don't expect <laughs> to hear anything until maybe the back end of the year. Well, sucks, but... I get it. Yeah. Well, it seems like 2023 is going to be the year for games. <laughs> very, very true and uh, very smart reference because that follows into one of the biggest bits of news to come out this year so far. And it's bittersweet news. Uh, Bethesda has announced that Starfield and Redfall have both been delayed to the first half of 2023. Obviously, Starfield was slated for release on November the 11th of this year. Mm-hmm. That's probably the biggest confirmed game to come out, oh, Elden Ring with the sales figures is probably the biggest ultimately this year now, but like as far as the big AAA heavy hitters, uh, Starfield was was a top of most people's anticipated list. Yeah. And then Redfall, Redfall was another one that uh, was getting some good traction there. But yeah, it was announced by Bethesda on Twitter. No specific reasons were given for the delays other than to say that the teams, in quotes, want to ensure that you receive the best, most polished versions of them, end quote. The statement also promises that the first gameplay deep dives for both games will be released soon. And you could imagine that would come during the Xbox Bethesda Summer Showcase on June 12. So we're not going to be playing these games in 2022, but I envision... Within the next month, we're going to be seeing those games played for us via way of uh, demos and uh, announcements and gameplay deep dives at that showcase. So uh, it's it's not ideal. Like it's it's disheartening and it's upsetting that we've lost another big AAA from the release cycle this year. But we've always said on here, you know, don't rush the release, don't sacrifice your team's health. You know, no crunch. You know, work life balance is key. Yeah. You don't want something to come out of the oven undercooked. So, so yeah, let it let it marinate, let it do its thing. And first half of 2023, you know, we're going to get it. So Starfield was coming out in November, so it's not going to be like a huge delay. This thing could sneak out maybe in February or something. So it might sure. be a couple of months. But you know what? It's fine. It sucks, but like it's fine. There's plenty of other games and things to do in the interim. I know, but like it's going to be quite the competitive market in 2023 because we've seen quite a lot of... Yeah big titles getting pushed to that year and um a lot of them have been promising the early part of that year so are we going to see a lot of big titles just release like month after month because that that makes Mm -hmm. for or sometimes it can make for rough sales yeah month after month and even like week after week so like you know start start saving your pennies now listeners because uh yeah that sort of January, February, March, April, I'd say, is going to be uh, pretty pretty big for, for notable releases. Mm. But oh well, it's it's part of part of life these days. And, and you know, we're still seeing the, the ripple effect and that flow on from COVID course, delays yeah. from a couple of years ago. And, and it's going to be something we're going to deal with into 2023 and beyond. So beyond. probably might not be the last delay we hear of Game Slater for 2022 rolling into, into future years. But just, just don't then... Get your pitchforks and, and get on social media and attack the devs and the pubs for, for sort of delaying these things. Yeah, just, just yeah, don't be a dick. Just be fine. It'll come eventually. Plenty of other things to do. Go play the Evil Dead the game. Um, the the next bit of news uh, in a crossover which I wager absolutely no one saw coming. Heavy metal band Slipknot is landing in Smite. The event <laughs> will launch on the seventeenth of May. So by the time this episode is out, you won't have to wait much more than maybe 24 hours before you can jump into Smite and play with Slipknot. So band members Corey Taylor, Sid Wilson, Craig Jones, Michael Pfaff, Sean Crahan, Jay Wenberg, Mick Thompson, Jim Root, and Alessandro Venturella will all be available as skins in the game. Um, I will admit when I saw this announcement kicking around on Twitter, I was like, We all thought about it. Yeah, we all thought. (laughs) Okay. Like, are we are we dropping in and, and rolling some Slipknot MOBA action or are we just going to, you know, acknowledge, uh, you know, put a fist in the air for the fellow maggots that are, uh, you know, reminiscing from the back end of the 90s, early 2000s? I confess, I for a moment I did look to see, I'm like, where do I own Smite again? <laughs> like, <laughs> trying to figure out where I had that originally installed. Um, but 
it's just a weird combination. Like, it's so wild. It's like, really? Like, Fortnite couldn't get you guys? Like, um... Maybe they're too, like, dark for Fortnite. Maybe that's the thing. I mean, they've got John Wick. Yeah. Like, yeah, he does kill a lot of people, but I guess that skin's not, like... You know, some of these Slipknot outfits are a bit nightmare fuel Oh, but that's, like, the xenomorphs. Well, like, and there's, like, a hot dog man that was a skin the other day, and that was terrifying. Um, <laughs> did I buy that? You, you did. damn straight God, I did. <laughs> gonna terrify me in my sleep. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, and it's it's also interesting. And this is, I guess, I'm just very intrigued to see that Smite being of some relevance that they, you know, felt the need to kind of buy the skin to, you know, to get more hype, to get more people playing it again. I haven't really seen anyone playing Smite. I'm very curious to sort of, like, between now and episode um, two two uh, two eighty four. We'll have a look and sort of see the concurrent player bases for Smite this week and then check it out once these skins are out and see if there has been a bit of a spike because I'm very curious to see if there's there's some connectivity there between fans of Slipknot and MOBA players. Like, or is this is going to bring new people into Smite? I don't know. Like, I love Slipknot. I don't mind playing MOBAs, but I rarely play them. Uh, but... It was kind of fun to see, uh, yeah, Corey Taylor or, you know, Mick Thompson swinging his, like, his guitar as his weapon, I think. And there was, you know, elemental abilities smashing off the ground as they're doing their band movements. Like, it's a whole thing. Mm. I don't understand how it works, but it somehow did in the trailer. And if if you can do, like, special or ultimate moves and, and you're popping, like, riffs from Wait and Bleed at somebody or <laughs> whatever the hell's happening, like, I don't know, but... <laughs> It's insane, and I need to see more of it when it releases. At the very least, I want to watch maybe some Twitch streams or something. I don't know if I'm going to go back and play it, but I want to see more about it. I wonder if Corey Taylor will push his fingers into someone's eyes. Maybe. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll, uh, you know, do like his ultimate. He actually rips the mask off and then comes... Um, what's what's his latest album? Corey motherfucking Taylor, I think it's called, where he's you know, obviously the, the radio rock god. Oh, no. Maybe he sort of goes that sort of egocentric route there and pops a move there. But uh, yeah, Slipknot making its way to Smite. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Ariana Grande and stuff like that in Fortnite, Slipknot and Smite. I would love to be someone from Slipknot and then play a game of Fortnite with an Ariana Grande. That's that's just how like my music taste is sometimes. <laughs> Where Okay. Where do you see Taylor Swift ending up? Which game would she lend her likeness to? Um... Oh, um, definitely League. Definitely League. Oh, yeah. Maybe she sort of joins up with like uh, KDA or something, his little crossover. Yeah, maybe. Or just like being like a, you know, just a character in itself. Yeah. Yeah, that could work. That could work. I could see her in League. Would be sad about that. All right, the next bit of news. It's sort of bittersweet in some regards for previous um, players of, or players of, previous gen primarily but uh we got some updates this past week regarding gotham knights and uh gotham knights will no longer be released for the playstation 4 and xbox one an announcement about a new gameplay trailer publisher warner brothers interactive included a very short note about the last gen's version of the game no longer being released with no specific reasoning given other than to say it would provide players with the best possible gameplay experience obviously this game's coming out on october the 25th on pc via steam and epic game store xbox series x slash s and playstation 5 so I get it. I'm not sad about it. If it means we're going to get the best, most optimized experience of Gotham Knights, I'm all for it. I watched the the nine-minute gameplay slice with Nightwing and Red Hood cruising around. The combat didn't look as fluid and smooth as I anticipated it to be, but the environments look stunning. The environments look great, but the combat just seemed a bit choppy to me. Who was it? Someone made a comment saying it looked like it was someone... um, Someone going through the tutorial or something like that. And I, I, I get that reference, but yeah, like that's a good way to describe yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like everything else looks great. I'm actually looking forward to this game. I feel bad. Like not all of us are like privileged or, you know, well off enough to be able to, first of all, afford 
the new console whenever a new console comes out. Granted, it's been out for a bit now, but it, we obviously experienced shortages, competitive market of people, you know, taking it and rate, you know, raising the prices and all that sort of stuff, and and not to mention that the econ- uh, the economy has been absolutely horrible. So you know, it kind of sucks. Like I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of like me as a kid where you only got one console. Sometimes you didn't get the console when it came out, like, so you'd be sitting with, like, a Nintendo 64 while everyone else was on these, like, PlayStation whatevers. So, like, I can't can't help but think about that, that, you know, maybe someone was looking forward to this game now to be told, like, sorry, you have to have the new console to play it. And then I see it from the perspective of, like, building a game set to the highest possible experience on, you know, the newest console and the newest technology and therefore getting the best experience because they're not having to make adjustments for the previous gen. Um, I just guess they should have maybe thought about that before <laughs> saying that they were going to do it. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's bad from a marketing perspective, like completely agree with you. Like we forget that there's still people out there that are either still trying to get these consoles and just can't because they sell out, you know, instantly anytime they become available or yeah, through other various reasons that, that, that they aren't able like they're not in a position to buy them. Because, yeah, I, we sort of, yeah, me especially, like when you said that, I'm like, that's right. Yeah, like I feel like a bit of a dick right now, like forgetting, like being in that fortunate position to be able to have these consoles and then be able to play this game when it comes out in October. So hopefully there are some people out there that, uh, you know, that were on the prior gen that were looking forward to this. Hopefully they'll be able to find a way to get their hands on it. And maybe they can play it on PC if they have that in October. But I get it too because yeah, like you're you're doubling down on resourcing almost when you need to try and make sure it's going to work on those that older restricted hardware compared to the new stuff. So it's going to save, uh, it's going to save Warner Brothers a lot of money in that regard. And it's also going to give us a nice consistent experience as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it. The thing that's confused me though, I was watching this gameplay slice uh, this week, and obviously it's talking about playing co-op. But I didn't get any see any mention of it being four player cop. I only saw two player a few times. Oh. Like some, I don't know if they've like removed the ability to have because obviously there's four characters you can control. I don't know if you can have all four going or if I've just misinterpreted it. I uh, I don't think you can. I'm trying to remember like when the first kind of few announcements that we got of this game. I was trying to remember exactly what they were saying, and I'm thinking that maybe it was only like a two player co op. Mm. which is bizarre to me because you got four heroes. Yeah. You think you like obviously it could come down to the, the the game itself not being able to physically handle that type of an instance running, but yeah, it was a bit bummed where when they were doing the voiceover work with this with this gameplay trailer, you know, explaining what Red Hood's doing and Nightwing's doing. And there was that moment where it shifted from from Red Hood, I mean, to Nightwing, and then Red Hood comes in, and it's like, yeah, you can play this game with a friend. Like I'm pretty sure it was like singular, it wasn't plural was like a friend or co-op with someone. So if that's the case, it's like, God damn it, because I was looking forward to like rolling out rolling you, form. me, and two others yeah. and having the full squad. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we don't have to wait too long. Obviously, it's out in five and a bit months' time. And uh, I'm still excited to play it, but I'm hoping that combat just really tightens up between now and October because, yeah, the, the, the descriptor you used is looking like it was tutorial mode. Yeah. It felt that way. The combat, like some of the moves look cool in parts, but then it just was just real floaty and just wasn't as fluent as you used to with those Arkham games. Yeah, I'm always referring back to the Arkham games. Just pow, pow, pow. Yeah, this this was like pow. Hang on, latency rubber band. Pow. Pew. You had something queued up. Yeah, no, I did, and then I lost it. Just at the pew. <laughs> All right, the uh, the last bit of news, and this is coming via way of Sega, and they're planning multiple remakes and spin-offs of past games for release this freaking year. So we're talking 2022. Um, in its annual earnings present, uh, presentation for investors this past week, Sega outlined some of its plans for the current fiscal year, which runs from April 2022 to March of 2023. One of those plans includes, in quotes, multiple titles that Sega considers remake slash remaster, spin-off slash change of theme. Change of theme is an interesting term there. Mm. 
Um, so going down a little bit more, though the wording is a bit clunky, Sega gives a, help, uh, a few helpful examples from this past year. Think more games like Sonic Colors Ultimate, Super Monkey Ball, Banana, <laughs> Mania, or Lost Judgment. The publisher is hoping to sell 5 million units total from this category, up from the 4 million this past year. Including brand new releases, Sega is aiming to publish 13 games during the same period, up from 7 this past year. We already know about Sonic Frontiers, Sonic Origins, Soul Hackers 2, Endless Dungeon, and Two Point Campus, and it's possible that 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim's Switch release last month is also being counted in that total as well. That would leave 7 games we do not know about yet, and possibly multiple remakes or remasters. So what might be remade, we ask? It's hard to say, but a Sega presentation from a year ago had some clues. With the announcement of its new strategy, Sega listed a number of past IPs as examples it might look at for remasters, remakes, or reboots. They are as follows. Crazy Taxi, Jet Set Radio, Space Channel 5, Res, Panzer Dragoon, Knights, Shinobi, Virtual Fighter, Altered Beast, House of the Dead, Streets of Rage, and Soul Hackers. So Miss Hart. Mm. We've got potentially seven more Sega games on the way between now and March of 2023. Anything off that list or anything maybe that hasn't been mentioned there? Something no, on your I, radar that you hope to see? I got excited when I saw Altered Beast because I want to know what that looks like in this year and generation. <laughs> It'd be so good. Welcome to your it doom. It'd be so uh, good. Like, what was the last time we got Altered Beast was Mega Drive, right? It's going back to then. I think so, unless there was one that they kind of had a crack at in between that didn't do well. I might be proven wrong, but, like, the one I played was on the Mega Drive. Um, Like, it used to be um, Altered Beasts and freaking Golden Axe, and, like, it was just between those two for, like, the longest time. But I loved Altered Beasts. I was shit at it, but I loved it. (laughs) Just kicking the little, like, pig thing so you could get, like, a power-up from it. Ah. And the music was great. It was great. Yeah. It was great. And like it could be it could be really, really well handled on, on new hardware as far as the, the vibe and the aesthetic and the combat could be nice and brutal. So I'm down for that. Like mm. House of the Dead could be fun, but it's like remake House of the Dead in VR. That's an easy sell, I think, in that you regard. Reckon? You don't have to worry about then like gun controllers. You can just use the the the, the various VR controllers that come with it. The atmosphere that would be, you know, added on top of just being immersed in that world, I'd be down for some House of the Dead VR. I'd probably get very scared and I'd die a lot, as is tradition with those sort of shooters, but it could be fun. Yeah, so they, they'd be like remaking it completely. Like they were not like doing the remastered like that. I think that they've done this year. I'm pretty certain. Aaron yeah, from the, the House of the Dead just dropped on the Switch <laughs> yeah. and stuff a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So now I'd want like a full ground up rebuild, making this thing look and yeah. sing and be just scary and atmospheric. I mean, I haven't I haven't played the, these two, but I know that the fandom is bloody crazy for them. No, I guess pun intended. Crazy Taxi. Everyone loves Crazy Taxi. I never played it. Apparently everyone loved Offspring because of that game. Um, <laughs> no idea. Shout out to Dexter and Noodles. Uh, <laughs> those, are, those are our names. Um, and then Jet Set Radio. Um, didn't play that one, but I know that that one has a massive fandom as well. So, hey, maybe I can finally get a taste of what these popular games and, you know, that people are big fans of. Like, Crazy Taxi does sound pretty cool from what people told me. Um, um, Jet Set Radio looks has the vibes of um, Sunset Overdrive, I think. People mm-hmm. might prove me wrong on that one, but that, that was the general vibe I kind of got from that one. So I probably would enjoy that one as a big Sunset fan. Yeah, like, like Crazy Taxi, it was fine, but it's like how many hours can you spend literally picking people up and driving them around town with hijinks ensuing? Like it's, I think my husband it's enjoyable, but like... <laughs> he loves that game. <laughs> it was all right, but like... I had my fill, and then obviously you saw the the Crazy Taxi arcade cabinets yeah. at your time zones and stuff as well, so you could get a spin in that where you're actually driving the, the the taxi. Like it was fun, but yeah, like I'd give it a look if it if it got remade or remastered, rebooted, whatever. But I've I've had my fill with that. I'm not too excited. Like Virtual Fighter could make sense, like if they try and get into the competitive fight scene and, and do a do a fresh Oof. virtual fighter game. Yeah, maybe. That could be interesting. Obviously we've seen some stuff with Streets of Rage here or there as well yeah. over the last few years. 
So that's nothing new. Uh, Panzer Dragoon was was a fun little RPG there that I really enjoyed back in the day, but very ambitious. That the fact that they're they're announcing these thirteen games to be released during that that sort of uh, fiscal year with seven still to be confirmed. Obviously, they they've been getting worked on in the background for quite some time, Which but is to have curious. seven more yeah. coming, maybe we'll get some announcements um, during this sort of summer winter run in the in the coming summer couple games of months. Best. Um, oh yeah. yeah maybe it's, it's as a you know, kid that grew up with a sega um it's like, exciting for me give me some of my classics let me get that yeah. nostalgia yeah let's do that's like you're talking altered beast and stuff let's get like let's go alex kid just you know get away from side scroll let's go full 3d like mario odyssey alex kid or just like high definition paper let's rock go. yes <laughs> Can you imagine, like, with crazy big animations, they slam down a rock and it's like... Oh, no. I'm just now imagining a very high-detailed monster with a fist for a face. <laughs> That's Elden Ring bullshit, that is. That is. There's the there crossover that we never knew we needed. Let's sell it. We'll pitch it. Alex Kidd in Elden Ring. Ooh. He just, like, tries to do the scissors to, like... Godric, and he's just like, fuck off, and just slaps him like this and goes flying off the map. Yeah, but get him on that little fucking motorbike. Oh, it's just about on the little helicopter. That's just I how you cheese your way to the end of the game. I hated that thing. Oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, as as we wait very patiently for the Alex Kidd Elden Ring crossover, what you want to do and see in this upcoming calendar week is as follows. New releases and events. As far as new TV series is coming to the streams, that was a terrible sentence. Sorry, listeners. Um, as far as, yeah, new things to watch via the various streamers, uh, obviously uh, for here in Australia and abroad, Love, Death and Robots Volume 3 yeah. popping onto Netflix this week. And also, uh, I'm not sure what it's broadcast on in the US, but here in AU on Stan, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 7 is, is popping off. Is it on Paramount, Maybe. I'm thinking it's Maybe. something on one of those channels over here, one of these mm. mini streaming platforms over here. Yeah, so so they're they're two brand new entries. Obviously, then you've got the the new incremental episodes to all the other stuff we've mentioned the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. But they're two new ones that are hot off the press. As far as movies coming out this this week, not a ton of of, of big blockbusters. Uh, Last Seen Alive is probably the biggest one, which is like a Gerard Butler action jaunt that doesn't look very good. And then there's a lot of sort of art housey films. Uh, so that's a bit bit upsetting. Um, as far as video games coming out this week, we've got a, a good offering. We've got Lovecraft's Untold Stories 2, which is an action RPG roguelike coming out. Mm. Uh, Outward, which is an RPG. Gibbon, Beyond the Trees, which is a platformer where you are playing a cute little gibbon monkey there. <laughs> Deadcraft, which is an action simulation survival as the classifier there on the IGN listings. Endzone, A World Apart, which is a sim game. Uh, Soldiers which is an action Metroidvania platformer Souls-like. So it gets all the, uh, the genre there. tick boxes there. Uh, they Always Run, which is an action platformer. Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song, which is an a- adventure RPG. Um, interested. Obviously, Vampire the Masquerade games have been met with uh, much flaming and negativity the last 12 months yeah. with the... With the whole uh, you know issue with development hell and things like that, uh, Dolmen, which is an action horror RPG coming out, uh, Dread X Collection Five, which is an adventure horror as well. We've also got the Endless Summer Surfing Challenge. Oh, Obviously, it's a sports sim. Uh, didn't even know they were still making surfing games. And if you're not feeling the Endless Summer Surfing Challenge, fear not, because Barton Lynch Pro Surfing 2022 also comes out this week as well. So uh, two surfing games released in the one week. There might be some cannibalization of sales there between those two rival surfing games. But, uh, you know, that that release schedule this week is pretty gnarly, man. The fact that someone made a game uh, based on the Endless Summer... That's like a, like a movie documentary thing, isn't it? Like, oh, I just mm-hmm. remember it from JB Hi-Fi. So, like, it's such a dated thing to go, let's make it a game. Mm. So weird. Yeah, it's very, very niche. Mm. Very niche. Very niche. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. Maybe there's an appetite for that out there. Oh, so, uh, yeah, a couple of surfing games amidst another very expansive variety of titles this week. So, there's plenty of things to do. Plenty of things to see, but let's uh, jump into this. Tweet of the week. And this tweet comes by way of at Chargers. We're obviously referencing the Los Angeles Chargers NFL team. 
And they said, should we really make our schedule release video an anime? And then uh, they, they cleverly wrote out uh, the word no in, in big letters or big words using yeses everywhere. So, so they've released their, their, their schedule. Uh, it's a two-minute video showing who they're playing each week in anime fashion. It is fantastic. It is brilliant. It is really, really well made. And just all the anime references in it mm-hmm. were just very well done. Like, some of them were pretty easy. Like, atta- the Titan, the week where they played the, the Titans, Titan they did one. Attack on Titans. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's right. That's clever. So, it was very smart. Like, I, I sort of uh, marked out a little bit. I saw a Food Wars reference yeah. in there. Obviously, One Piece, Naruto, Attack on Titan, Avatar. Mm-hmm. And it's just so cool. Like, it's it's so meta. And I love that some of these big professional sports organizations have some really clever people in the back end in their marketing oh, yeah. and social media teams. Like, and this isn't the first foray. Like, um, yeah, the, the Chargers also uh, last year uh, did their one during, like, a stock PowerPoint themed using stock video and references to do their announcement last year. The year before that, we saw the the Detroit Lions using uh, like blending in Animal Crossing themes with their schedule release. Mm-hmm. So it's really smart and seeing sort of something that's very stoic and machismo and you know, man, big tough athletes jumping in and then bleeding that with anime and video games and stuff. It's it's really cool to see. I think this is also coming into like this wonderful melting pot of everyone, of every different background, of every different like upbringing, like just coming together and just being fucking nerds. Like I'm just seeing more and more of it like creep in. We saw a lot of videos. I think he was also a part of the charges. There was that guy who was caught on the live mic who was referencing like like was it Bloodborne or something like that? Like yeah, it was Love and Bloodborne fighting, like talking about boss fights and things. Yeah, that was um Joey Bosa, yeah. one of the defensive ends from the Chargers. Yeah, and yeah, just sitting on the bench beside his teammate, and you can see his teammate. He's like. He's not feeling as much or he's not in the game as much. He's just letting him go. Yeah. But he is going down all these bloodborne rabbit holes and just nerding it up. He praised so the sun because, like, of yeah. everything. And um, also just talking, like, there's uh, a few uh, footballers that are in, like, the D&D scene now. And I, I just like that, you know, uh, people that have probably usually been stuck in a very, you know, strict, like, sports and only sports and lifting heavy things and all that sort of stuff it's like no we we like nerdy shit too so it's good just seeing all that stuff kind of blend together and just breaking down you know stupid kind of walls that people put up where it's like no you must only be a fan of this thing and not that so i I love this it's bringing a lot of people together totally agree totally agree and then like yeah get rid of all those stigmas and preconceived notions that if you do this you can't like that and vice versa like you like what you like don't be embarrassed about that. Just own it. And it's this is super cool and, and it's really well put together, well worth the watch. So just if you can yeah, spare some time, jump on YouTube and you could search, you know, Los Angeles Chargers schedule, it'll pop up or just go to twitter.com forward slash charges and you'll see it there because it's so good. It's only a two-minute watch yeah, and it is brilliant. For even like non-football fans, you'll watch this and go, you know what, this is cool. This is slickly done and very, very smart and just a good time yeah just like the hungry game as episode uh 283 was but miss Hart, that brings us to the end of said episode anything else you wanted to shout out before we shut this sucker down well let's end this on anime last week i talked about an anime that i could not for the yes! life of me figure out what the name was and me and you sat here after the podcast looking for it and we found it so anyone that wanted to hear about this uh weird anime of a emperor person from the past coming out and being a music manager to a pop sensation in the present the anime is called your boy kong min ming that's right your boy kong min it looks so good the trailer i mean when it when it drops i think it's coming out in the next few weeks i think or is it just the just the um the subversion of the first few episodes i know it's sort of on the radar crunchyroll has like mentioned it in the past few days i think so um but yeah that was that was the wackiness that kind of got me on board saying like sign me up this seems just like my kind of oddity of anime so in case for any of those (laughs) anyone was curious because i know you all were i definitely was and yeah we we uh, 
You went deep we really after did. last <laughs> episode and we discovered that sucker. Yeah, we did like <laughs> Always Sunny Charlie with the red strings and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah you it was a hell of a time. Yeah. It was a hell, and yeah, and I, I understand the reference okay, from uh, the internet, but I just haven't <laughs> seen that episode because, uh, yeah, I will go back one day, but that day is not today or tomorrow. I'll just watch all that anime. That's it. Never lets me. Oh, it does let me down sometimes, but for the most part, it's pretty good. Anyway, that brings us to the end of episode 283 of THG, 8-Bit Nation. Thanks, as always, for stopping on by. Be sure to check out our shop, 8-Bit.net official web store. If you want to get all our content in one hub, obviously, 8-Bit.net is the place to go. If you want to upgrade that audio equipment, audiotechnica.com is the place to check that out. They've got uh, a completely new website, which is super slick, super smooth to navigate, and uh, all that goody... Uh, is there headphones microphones gaming headsets turntables you name it it is there to upgrade your audio based experience but until next time 8-bit nation much love and stay hungry you've been listening to the hungry gamers one of many gaming and geek culture related podcasts from the 8-bit collective over on 8bit.net Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry.